the Lord. Thank you, choir. Wasn't that beautiful? We appreciate you. You're here in force today to sing and lead us in worship. And I think about that amazing grace, how he's the God of the resurrection. And this morning I was reading where Jesus said to his disciples, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's present tense, you know. And he said, even though they're dead, they live now. In other words, God is the God of the living. That's what Jesus said, I'm the God of the living. So those that have gone on are alive. They're in the presence of God. And we know that death is not the final say for the child of God. It's just the beginning. So thank you for coming today to hear the gospel preached and the singing and to worship with us. This is a very special day for all of us here at Princeton Pike, and we hope that we have visitors here today because, oh, I said it, didn't you? The unpardonable sin. <laughs> oh, I saw Brother Clardy lately, and I was talking to him, so I'll, he'll know that's another point for him when he hears what I did here at Stratford Heights. <laughs> you know, it's logged in there, and it just can't, it can't, I can't get it out because I spent 25 years there. And I've been here over 25, so maybe I'll finally catch up. <laughs> but welcome to Stratford Heights Church of God this morning. And we are here to worship the Lord, to hear the gospel preached and the singing and worship the Lord. And then we're going to have what we call Family Fun Fest. And you look like you're here with your children today to have a wonderful time. And they'll enjoy it and, and have a good time when the service is over. And we'll have fellowship. If you're new and visiting and are with us for maybe your first or second time, this plant was planned especially for you. We've, we minister to our community a couple times a year as much as we can to have you come in for special things. And if you're new and visiting, this service is for you especially. So we want to welcome you here today. And we want you to worship the Lord and enjoy yourself. And we want you to get out in the aisles now and shake hands and greet one another and be friendly and give someone a God bless you.
Well, good morning. How are you? Awesome. Turn to somebody, tell them you're looking about as good as you've looked all day. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. It's a time in our service when we take a few moments to acknowledge the needs we have in our congregation, as well as remember the United States of America and to remember the state of Israel. So as we pray today, let's, let's be reminded of God's word. He says, bear one another's burdens and pray for one another. And as we do, we want to, we seek a God who has great power. We seek a God who is able to do anything. The question was asked in the scriptures, is there anything too hard for God? I have learned in my own experience, how about you, that nothing is too hard for God. Amen. Amen. So with great confidence and faith this morning, we go before the Lord in prayer and ask him to touch the needs that you have in this congregation all over the place. If you have a need in your family, in your life, in your situation, would you just make it known with an uplifted hand? We know we're taking a bunch of petitions before the Lord. We believe in a God who answers prayer as well. We know he's here today. I want to pray for Sister Marcia Johnson. She lost her father this weekend. We'll be having the visitation today, and then tomorrow will be the funeral. We want to remember the Johnson family. She's right here in the choir singing to the honor and glory of God when her heart is breaking. So let's remember this family and all the different needs we have. I'm going to ask you to remember me. I have been literally sick all weekend long, but I was determined I was going to get here today. And on the way to the church, I said, Lord, you just... Turn my morning into dancing. You make it. I, I want to feel good, and I want to be out there and have a great day. And I'm telling you, the out the outside don't feel good, but the inside is raring to go. So I love the Lord, and I want you to pray for me. I believe in your prayers. I believe that you're able to. Who knows? God just may turn everything around, and I'll I'll be the miracle, the first miracle of the day. That'd be awesome. But I want God to touch you. I want him to minister to the need that you have in your life. And I want God to touch our country. This is never, there's never been a more important election than what we have going on right now. Can I get an amen? I don't know when I have ever sensed such strife and tension in our country. And I am not that old, but I'm old enough. And I don't know when I've ever sensed such, such turmoil. I want God to bring peace. I want God to touch our hearts. I want us to move away as, as a pastor. I want us to move away from the strife and the debate and the problem. And I want us to move back to what we've always done and that's to seek the face of God and to seek his ways. How many of you seek God's ways? God's ways. When we, when we vote, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, except to say this. The conviction of my Christian, saved, sanctified soul is what will direct and lead me and guide me as I go and be an American and vote. But I'll tell you what, if I had to leave it to my own understanding, that might be a tough thing. 
But whenever I doubt, I just go back to God's word and I go back to his truth. And that's what I stand on. And that's what I encourage you to do. As pastor, I encourage you to stand on the biblical principles of the truth of God's holy word. And that'll guide you. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you? If you'll seek him, now at a time when there's so much emotion, it's easy to get off track, isn't it? It's easy to look to the left and right and focus on issues with personalities more than anything else. Seek God and seek him with me. Amen? Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for where we are. And let's pray for the state of Israel. As the Lord says, blessed are they who seek the good of Israel. Cursed are those who don't. The Bible tells us, instructs us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I have her in my heart this morning, don't you? Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we honor you and we bless your name. Lord, we believe and we know that your word is true. Lord, it can lead us and guide us. It's good for doctrine. It's good for reproof. It's good for correction. It's good for guidance. And it's the lamp unto our feet. We honor you this morning. We bless that you will, Lord, do the work that is needed in every heart and every life. Every hand that was lifted up, we're believing today for your touch to be upon their lives. Touch them with deliverance. Touch them with grace. Touch them with healing. We believe and we thank you, Lord, for your touch. And God, we know that you're able to do anything. So we're resting in the promises of God. We pray for every need. I pray for the Marsha Johnson family, that you comfort them and be with them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch the brokenness in their heart. Help them to sense and know that you're with them. And Lord, that you'll carry them all through the difficult days that lie ahead. Because we believe and we know our God is able that you love us and you're the present help in the time of our trouble. I pray for the United States of America. Lord, we lift up our country. This country will always be blessed because your people reside here. Lord, there's a remnant of people. There are people who are sold out to your will and to your purpose and to your work. And God, we serve you with hearts full of conviction. And we believe and we know that you are a mighty and a powerful God. You're in control, and Lord, we give you glory and honor. I pray today that you would touch the United States. Lord, we want this country to be led and directed by your will, understanding and know, God, that all things, all things will work together for the good of those who love God. We honor you today as we pray for our country, pray for our leaders, pray for our government. Lord, pray for this election in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, lastly, we lift up the beautiful state of Israel, your chosen people. We thank you, Lord, for your hand upon them. We pray, God, that their good would take place today, that you would protect them on every border, that you would bless them abundantly, move upon their leaders and guide them, touch their soldiers, touch their mothers and fathers, grandparents, their children. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, let them sense and feel the blessing of God's hand upon their lives as we seek their peace and we seek their good. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we live and we pray. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you today. We're thankful to be in your house. Lord, no matter what comes our way, we'll lift up holy hands unto a God who is able to strengthen and deliver his people. For we've come together, Lord, not to see one another. 
We've come together, God, not to just do good works. We've come together, gathered in your name, to minister praise and honor and worship under your name. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. And we thank you for every good gift that comes from our Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray. And everyone together said, amen. Give the Lord praise, would you? Help me to give him honor. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I have found that even when you don't feel good, if you'll just begin to praise the Lord, man, everything will change. Amen. How many of you have ever been there? God will turn it around. God will make you. Man, I, I, I've had a, a crushing headache all weekend long. I've had a fever yesterday. Couldn't talk yesterday. I thought today, man, I'm going to be sounding like R.W. Shambach when I get up here. Thought we may have the biggest revival we've ever had if I just get low enough. Yeah. But God's able to touch us and to minister. And I'm so thankful for his hand on us because once you get in his presence, I said once you get in his presence, everything is going to be all right. Amen? Amen? Our ushers are coming to serve you today. I want to thank you for your gifts as we take care of the Family Fun Fest today. As you notice, there. There are quite a few folks missing because there's about 100, 150 people out on the parking lot getting ready for today's events. They're all busy working, and we're so thankful for them and the way that they've slaved over this weekend to get ready. The last time we had Family Fun Fest, we had over 3,000 people come on the property. I'm looking to, for that many to come today. This is an opportunity for us to practice what we preach. Well, I got about 20 amens right there. This is a time when we get to practice what we preach. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your mind, your body, and your strength, and your soul. And he said, and the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. That's the whole law all wrapped up in one. How many of you know the harvest the harvest is waiting for people who will just love them enough to go and reap. The harvest is waiting. And I'm believing today for every guest, and perhaps you're here today, and, and you're here because of the Family Fun Fest, and you're going to be sharing with us this afternoon. Or maybe yet there's still hundreds and hundreds yet to come. This is our opportunity to love them, to be kind to them. This is not about us today. Oh, it'll be good for our kids. It'll be good for those who stop by the Esperanza booth and get an empanada. Amen. Probably the most requested item of the day was those empanadas. But it's not for us today. And if you think it is, then I'm surprised you're here because... There'll be 1,000, 2,000 people. It'll be wall to wall and there won't, won't be an easy line anywhere. So I'm surprised you're here if it's about you. But if in like my heart, you agree that today is about others. It's about this city. It's about some emails that I got from people who are driving all the way down from north of Dayton about an hour and a half away because they want to come back to this event today. 
It's about the families that'll come from Middletown. It's about them. It's about loving them, being kind to them, serving them, reaching out to them. We may only plant a little seed in a soil. We may only water a little bit. There may only be a little bit of a sunshine in your smile, but it'll be what God will use to bring his message alive to them. That Hey, in the middle of all the turmoil, in the middle of all this garbage out in the world, there is still the love of God shining through the hearts of people everywhere. That's what we're about today. That's what this is about today. And I'm thankful that we do this. My heart is to get out there and to meet as many strangers. I want to shake your hand. I want to hug on you and get pictures with you. It'll be fun. But my heart is to meet as many strangers as I possibly can. To hang out with them and to get to know their kids and to get to know them. To do what I can to just shine a little bit of light into their hearts and lives today. Would you help me? I want you, we've never done, we don't do this normally, but I want you to stand for our prayer over this offering and over this day. I'm believing people will be saved today. I'm believing people will be saved. You know, last time somebody says, what good can be done, Dustin, in all that fun out there? There ain't no church going on. If I'm out there, there'll be church. If you're out there and you got the love of Jesus in your life, there'll be church. I'm not supposed to preach right now. If you're out there, there should be church. Every conversation, everywhere you sit, everywhere you go, we should be busy being a light to people who just want to look in your face and see if you're the real deal. But you know what? Sometimes they come to events like this and they go, just what I thought. Grumpy, mean, short-tempered, selfish. Some people walk out and say, just what I thought. How many of you are committed to being the light today? Be a light. Be the real deal. Jesus is alive. The old song by truth says this. It says, they'll know that the tomb is empty when they see that our hearts are full. That's the truth of the whole deal. That's the whole day right there. So let's pray. Let's pray. You know, it was, it was last, the last time we had Family Fun Fest that some folks testified that somebody came walking past one of the real pretty cars got into a big old conversation and the next thing you know they're standing around the hood of that old classic car and they're praying a sinner's prayer with somebody who accepted Christ at Family Fun Fest. Tell me this isn't a good day. Tell me it's not a good day. If the church will get off the pew and start being a powerhouse for God, we'll see a lot more change in our city. Can I get an amen? We're going to give, and as we give, we're giving towards this day to take care of it so that there's no strain, there's no pressure on the church. I want this to just be something that takes care of itself. So I'm asking you to give. As you give today, give knowing that it'll touch lives and change people for heaven. And so we're going to pray, and as we do, I thank you for those who faithfully give and continue to bless the work and the ministries through your tithe for this church. What will we do without you? God is helping us.
I'm thankful for you. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you, we honor you. We thank you for Family Fun Fest. We thank you for this one day out of the year where we turn our attention and our focus off the four walls. And we turn it towards the lost in our city to provide something for them that just lets them know that we love them. Free of charge. Lord, help us today. I pray you'll close the mouths of those that would be antagonistic to a day like today. Let them just go on home. And God, for everyone else who is here, anoint them by your Holy Spirit to have one conversation after another. Anoint them by the power of your Holy Spirit to effect change on every corner of this parking lot and in the grass and all around this building. I pray it in the name of Jesus that this place will be seen as a lighthouse, that it will be seen as a safe place for people to find out whether God is real or not. We pray to be that light today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you for every gift. Thank you for the givers. Lord, let them be blessed today beyond their imagination as we give to our, from our hearts to the work that you're doing through our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. The other day on Facebook, I kind of clicked the thing, and it came up and said, Newsflash. God is still in control. <laughs> Lord, we love you. And our heart is for you and is for your people. We praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. God of this city, you are king of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no God like there is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. For he is great and greatly to be praised. For greater things are yet to come.
say that again. There is. There is no one like God. There is no the truly one God there is no one like God Lord I proclaim it this morning there is no one like God for you are great Lord for greater things have yet to come greater things are still to be done in this watched you this last week walk before us. There is no one like my God. There is no one like my God. Oh, I praise you. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things.
We praise you, Lord.
and you're hungry for a touch of God. I'm not talking about an emotional stirring by a song. I'm not talking about a preacher that just stirs up emotion inside. How many of you would love to be touched right now by God's power in this house? You see, I believe in the power of God. I believe that if we'll tap in where he's moving, I believe anything can happen in this house. I'm believing for the powerful touch of God. Do you need something from him? If you need a miracle in your life, lift up your hands. I believe this is a moment when the water is being stirred and God wants to touch you right where you are. Would you lift up those hands now and begin to ask the Lord, tell him what you want this morning. Tell him what you need this morning. Holy Spirit of God, we honor your presence, Lord. 
We know you can heal our bodies, Jesus. You can bring deliverance to our family, Lord. You can set us free from alcohol and drugs and, and addictions of other kinds. You can take a broken heart and you can mend it. You can take a marriage that's on the rocks ready to get divorced. And, and God, you can restore. We pray for it in the name of Jesus. On this truth, the church is built. On the rock Christ Jesus. Organizations can't save you. People can't save you. They can't change you. But Jesus didn't say he was going to send the church to be your answer. He said the church is going to be where you'll find the answer. The answer is Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus can set you free. Jesus can turn your life around. He can save you. He built his church on a rock, which was his name. Would you say that with me right now? Would you just say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of the rock that the church is built upon. The very gates of hell will not prevail against that church, that person, that heart that's been transformed by God. He's here today. He's here to touch you. He's here to minister to your need. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's about, you know, I'll, I'll come up here sometimes and, and I'll talk like I did a few moments ago and I'll go back and sit down and I'll say, man, don't beat the people up. And I'll wrestle with myself. And then the Holy Spirit just kind of nudges me and says, you know what you're doing? You're just wanting to position them in this place where they get rid of all that junk from the week all the attitudes and the road rage and they get rid of all those things that, that make them hard hearted you're just trying to get them in a place where they're positioned so that God can move again in their lives how many of you know we live in a very evil wicked world out there by the time you get to church on Sunday you've had all kinds of experiences all week long it's about coming in here today and saying God we remember who you are you're a God of compassion and love and kindness and grace and mercy and you're a God who's here to meet with us and Lord, we got to position ourselves. How many of you are positioning yourself right here this morning? For the move of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, choir. I feel so much fire inside me. If, if I don't get healed by the end of this message, then, then I'm, I need to like get saved all over again. I'm going to tell you the power of God is here. There's so much fire in this house. That's what it's about, man. Getting in touch with the real Deal, the real power of God and I believe he's here today I want to speak to you for a few minutes I'm going to do my very best to get this so good they're going to be proud of me in the office turn in your Bibles if you will to Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 and 38 I'm going to read a verse of scripture here just a couple of verses but very powerful very powerful verse of scripture here's what the word says then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom healing every sickness and every disease among the people but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them 
because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he turned and he looked at his disciples. He said, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers, they're few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What a powerful truth for us today. We're going to talk for just a few minutes about seeing the multitudes through his eyes of love. It'll turn your life upside down. Let's pray. Jesus, in your name, we now pray over your word. We pray that, God, it'll challenge our spirits, that you'll speak to us by your Holy Spirit. That, God, as a father, you will lead us. As we discover in your word truths that we can build our lives upon in this church. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone together said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Before I get into the message, I want to honor a couple that's visiting with us today. This is evangelist Gary Lee and his wife Claudia. Claudia, and they're here visiting with us. They, you know, you uh, have had them. We've had them here visiting with us before. And Esperanza, of course, knows them very well. He is an international evangelist, speaks for the Hispanic Church, and is very well known. And we're excited today to have them visiting with us and here in our service. Would you all stand? We'd like to honor you today and thank you for the for the work that you do for the kingdom. Amen. God bless you. Great. Great people. I love to sit and talk with them and, and share with them. He's just so full of energy, man, this guy. Don't get in a conversation if you just don't want to leave, just all fired up. Because he will, man, he is so full of fire. And they're wonderful people, and I'm so glad they're here visiting with us today. And um, they're good friends with Brian, Pastor Brian and Amelia and the Esperanza uh, ministry. So we're, we're thankful that they stayed over to be with us on Sunday. I consider them my friends too. So God bless you. Jesus, and you're going to have to forgive me. When I get a little ill sometimes, I get real sappy. And I get real kind of emotional. I'm already starting to get all teary-eyed here. Jesus and his love for people. What a beautiful example. All throughout Scripture, we see how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to look at the world. And it's so hard. Man, it's so hard sometimes. There's so many people out there that cause us to feel all kinds of emotions. I, there was a, a girl driving in the car next to me the other day, and, and I, I took it as a mirror because if I ever am like this, I would definitely wanted to change it that moment. She was hitting her steering wheel. It seemed like everybody who changed lanes got right in her path. And I mean, she was ticked to high heaven, at least to Jupiter. I don't know that she was going to heaven the way she was acting. She was furious. She was telling every car off. She was mad at everybody. She was rolling her window down, and she was just screaming at people. And one little old lady was looking at her, and she's screaming at her. And the lady just looks over and goes. And I thought, wow, I've, I've actually done that before. 
so many times other people can cloud our own emotion and, and make us look at, at them differently or, or even look at the world differently. We'll see sometimes the sin in people's lives and we begin to characterize it and box it up and put it in a box that, that you know, we think, oh, you know, that's, that's a certain kind of evil or a certain kind of sin. And so we just kind of push them off to the side and we are good sometimes at becoming very, very problematic with our, our vision to the lost. Jesus had this amazing love and he gave us such a beautiful example in his word on how we're supposed to live our lives. Somebody made a comment a few years ago and they were talking about uh, somebody, how, how uh, you know, good they were and, and you know, how they were. You know, this person, they were saying, man, you know, they're, I like to think of them like maybe Jesus was a lot like them. And somebody looked over and said, made the remark and said, huh, they're not Jesus. And I thought, you know, everyone kind of laughed a little bit and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, who can be Jesus? And it just stuck down inside my heart. And I was like, but I sure would like to try to be. I'd sure like to try to be. I'd like for people to look at me and think, wow, there goes Jesus with skin on. Wow, does your heart burn when you talk to them? Don't you just feel God when you're in the middle of talking with them? Or, or maybe someone says, wow, you know, did you hear them pray? Wasn't it just like you just wanted to listen as they prayed? I believe that we can be, we're conformed and made in his image. I believe it's his desire that this mind be like his mind. And that we live out the example of Jesus in our own lives. You remember when he was broken over Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. He looked and he was talking to the scribes and Pharisees and his disciples as he was looking at all of them. He was talking about Jerusalem. He said, how often I would have gathered you together like your children together like a mother hen does her little, her little chicks. He said, but you would not. The Bible says in Luke that he wept over Jerusalem. Many times in scripture we see the Lord weeping, broken, over the things that he saw, the compassion that he had for people. His compassion over the woman. In John chapter 8 and verse 7, who was found in the midst of adultery and was dragged out into the middle of the town, thrown at the feet of Jesus. The Lord looked at her and so many of them had their rocks in their hands because they knew what the law said. Maybe they were even justified. I mean, rumor on the street was that she had been with five married men. I mean, she was loosey-goosey. I mean, word on the street was you don't, you don't even spend time with her. You don't shop where she shops. You don't hang out with her or be seen with her. I mean, word on the street was. So their rocks in their hands seemed justified by the rumors. And Jesus looked 
I don't think he looked at them. And I want to start to get my own eyes off of the people around. And I want to refocus my attention, my focus on the loss. I don't want to look at them and see their sin and start picking up my rock. I want to see the sinner inside that hurting human being. And I want to love them. I want to see the potential in them. Because you see, that's what Jesus' love was all about. It was about the potential. When Jesus looked into my life, he didn't say, well, you're finally measuring up, man. You're doing better. I'm looking, I got my eye on you. I'm looking at you. Keep going. I'm going to save you pretty soon. As soon as you start acting right, as soon as you start talking right, as soon as you get it all together, man, I'm going to save you, sanctify you, fill you with my spirit. No, you know when he came to me? He came to me at my worst. He came to me when I was at my ugliest. He came to me when I was no good. That's when he saved me. I'm so thankful this morning. He saved me. The old song, when he reached down his hand for me. I was lost and undone without God or his son, and he reached down his hand for me. How many of you, he reached way down for you? When he fed the 5,000, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. And he told his disciples, he said, they have hung to my every word and they've stayed around for three days and they've eaten nothing. So he started looking for a little boy with lunch. And the next thing you know, there are 12 baskets left over after the miracle and everybody had been fattened up. He had compassion. Isaiah talked about him, talked about his compassion in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Here's what it says. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. This is our shepherd. This is Jesus. This is who we are to be. This is who you're supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to be. So when we, you know, we, we have events and we, we do ministry to the city and we do different things and we've been really turning a focus in our congregation. If you're visiting with us today, our heart is not just to sit up on the hill. We're not just wanting to sit all pretty up here on the hill for the rest of our time until Jesus comes. We want to do our very best to roll up our sleeves and get out on the streets and find the ones who are hurting. And we want to help them in any way that we can, realizing that it's not our help they need, but it's his help they need. That truth is what we're building our ministries on. When Jesus saw people, he didn't see, he didn't see the sinfulness. He took care of that part. He already knew that that was, there was already a remedy for that. When Jesus looked at people, he saw their sickness. 
He saw their disease, their weariness, their tiredness. He saw their impatience. He saw their anger. He saw the violence stirring in their mind and heart. When Jesus saw people, he saw them lost. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. He saw them lost, lost. What that means, we, we term it in religious terms a lot. And we think of lost as the world, those bad sinners out there. But that word lost simply means sheep that have lost their way. They can't find their way. People that are addicted to all kinds of things, trying desperately to find answers to the hurt in their heart. We have the answer. We have the answer for the whole world. And I can tell you, he resides right here. He woke me up this morning. The crack of dawn, I was in his presence. I was praying for Tristan. I was praying for a little boy that I had a prayer request for this morning. And I walked around my house praying for that little boy. And I said, God, I can't go. But you can. You can touch his little lungs and you can heal him. That Jesus, that Lord. He's the answer to every problem. But see, the problem is the same that it's always been. When I read the list of the things when Jesus was talking about the multitudes, it says he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. They were sick. They were full of disease. That's the same problem we got today. People who are lost. I want to see our community through the eyes of Christ. I want to see the lost like he does. And in that process, I believe that we'll win people to him. I believe that the Lord, the world is not the sinners of the world, the lost of the world. They're not angry at Jesus. How could they be? Look what he's done for them. What they're angry at and what they've been angry at for a long time is the way that the world has been perceived or the Christians have been perceived in the world. Many times it's the people that are supposed to have the answers that show them something different. I've met people who have said, and that's why, man, we just call it out like we see it here. But I've met people who have said, if that's Christianity, if that person is a Christian, then no thank you. I'm not interested. And so it's right for a minister to get up in the pulpit on a Sunday if he really means business. And I promise you I'm doing my best to mean business and tell you that we have got to slay our hearts, crucify our flesh, and get down in that place where God can fill us up so that when we do walk out of the building, the church is still alive and well on the street. When we understand and know the power of God alive in us. And it's hard work. It's hard work. I know it's tough. 
I know people are going to cut you off. I know somebody's going to try to get you fired. I know you're going to go home and the house is a mess. I know that things go wrong. Every day it seems like if you're keeping score, it looks like the world's winning. But I'm telling you, they will not win victory over the child of God if you'll stay the course, fight the good fight, and keep the faith. If you and I will stay that course, man, we'll not fail to be victors in the end. And I'm telling you, people's lives will be transformed and changed because they know you. The greatest testimony you'll ever have in your life is not that you were good. Because bad people can be good. The greatest testimony that will ever follow your life is when others have been changed because they knew you. Because they know you. Todd, I don't know what you did, what you and Angie did with your kids. I'm telling you, I I don't mean to brag on them. I sure don't want to embarrass them. Those three, I'm telling you, you raised those kids up to be just beautiful people. They're dedicated to serving and to giving and to loving others. And I love what's inside them. That goes back to how you raised them. It's good, but we... Seek out the very best of God to pour into our children, to pour into our families, to pour into ourselves. To be that example and that light everywhere we go, letting the whole world know God is real. God is powerful. God can change your life because he changed mine. One after another. You know, Brian, Pastor Brian has been getting me involved in this, the, the Thrive Experience. And I've been drinking a shake every day for the last four or five days. And, and I'm, I'm like wearing a little patch here that's supposed to help me feel energy and, and give me all kinds of vitamins and nutrients. And, and I, I, I've been doing it. And I've been waiting. I haven't yet had that, but I've been sick. So I'm waiting until after I'm done sick. And then I know I'm going to look and act like Superman. But the main reason I did it was he sent me a video. And, and I watched the video and I was like, yeah, I don't know that guy. The guy on the video was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever discovered. It is absolutely amazing. It will change your life. Click the button and buy today. And I'm like, I don't know you. But I kept listening to Pastor Brian. Man, from day one, Pastor Ray, from day one, it just, I just had so much energy and I just feel good. He said, I feel like I'm 25 again. I said, really? You feel like you're 25? He said, I feel like I'm 25. I think he might have said something about Amelia, like winking at him in the middle of the day. I mean, he was just, I'm just kidding. But he went on and on and on about, man, this is the greatest thing. I love it. I'm, I'm never going to be without it. I, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. And, and I love the way it makes me feel. And, and I just feel like I got more production going. And I can, at the end of the day, I'm not tired. And I'm not trying to lay down at 4 o'clock. He said, I just feel so energy. I feel so alive. I'm thriving. I said, sign me up. You know why? Because I know him. I know him. I know his life. I know who he is. I believe in him. And if he tells me it's good, then sign me up. That's the way it is with us. 
in our spiritual walk with God. If we have truly tapped in to the power and the presence of God thriving in the kingdom in our lives, then others are going to want what we got. Jeff, somebody wants to sign up for the kingdom because they know you. That's the beauty of how this thing works. That's why we do things like today. You see, we should be doing them constantly. I said a few weeks ago, you need to have several sinners in your life. I had a few folks look at me like, brother, what are you trying to say? We need a few good non-Christians in our lives. Who are you affecting? Who are you influencing? Who's in your shadow? Who is watching your life? Is it just a bunch of fellow brothers and sisters? Well, how cute. What a neat little club you got. You will affect nothing. You will change no one. Your light and your example and your testimony will be good to just keep patting each other on the back until Jesus comes. Good for you. I want to find a few people that need a message that will change their life. I want to start looking at the lost and look into their lives and not see their sin, not see the ugliness, not see the hardship, and not see the anger. I want to look past that like Jesus did. I want to look past their faults. And I want to see the potential. I want to start asking the question, what could they be? If God touched their life, what could they do? How could they be a transformed and productive and wonderful human being? How could they be living if God were free to touch them? This is what I pray that God will use all of us for. I want this church to be known as one of the friendliest places I want us to be known as one of the most serving places. I want us to be known as one of the most powerful presence of God places. I want the power of the Lord to be here every time we come together. And I'm so thankful that I sense and feel him. But I also want it to be a place that when the world is looking for Jesus, when they're looking for Jesus Christ, and they look at one another and they say, go to Stratford Heights. Well, God, let that be us. God, do whatever work you got to do in every one of us to get us to that place where we shine so brightly that people are like, if you want to find Jesus, go up to that church. Man, I'm telling you, the moment you walk in the door, every greeter, every smile, every usher, every teacher, every preacher, every singer, everybody in the sanctuary, they are just filled with something that you're going to want. They're filled with something that you want. Go look for yourself. That's what I loved about the woman at the well. You know, when you hear that story, how Jesus, who, who is looking at the potential, he's always looking at the potential, Elaine. He's always looking past the problem into the potential because he knows what the power can do. And the woman, he, he looks at his disciples and he said, I got to go to Samaria. I got to go up here on the hill a little while. You boys go get something to eat. I'm, I'm going to wait here for a little while. And he waited and he waited in the heat of the day. It was hot. And suddenly out of nowhere, a lady carrying her big pot walks up around the corner and looks and sees the man sitting at the well. And she's 
probably a little hesitant. I mean, she comes at noon every day so that the crowds won't be there because she knows her reputation in town is not so hot. So she doesn't want a whole bunch of people gabbing and talking about her, making fun of her, excluding her. So she goes at the heat of the day when no one else is there. What's this character doing? Who is this person sitting on top of the well, sitting right there at the well? I mean, I can't get around him. Thank God he blocked my path. Thank God he stood right where I had to go. Thank God he does that in my life and yours. And they began their dialogue. And he said, Give me something to drink. He started a friendly conversation. The next thing you know, they're talking about those who worship the Lord in spirit and truth. And she starts talking about the Messiah who would come. And she's seeing in his eyes, there's something there. There's something I want from this guy. He's telling me about a drink. He's talking about taking in some fluid, something. He's calling it a, a thirst, but I'm, I'm sensing that it's something that'll change my life. I'm loving what I'm feeling with this. I don't know what's happening, but I sense this change for me in this conversation. And he gives her the truth of his work and willing to let you just drink of the water I'll give you. You'll never thirst again. And you know what? She dropped her water pot or left it sitting there. She ran all the way back to town in the middle of the day. Ran all the way back to the town and it says she noised abroad everywhere. Just talked to everybody. Come and see this man. He's told me everything I've done. This man has changed my life. I am now different. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not hiding from you. I'm coming down to tell you, you need to go to the well. You need to go find out what's going on up here. Because this guy, man, he, I believe he's the Messiah. I believe he's the one that's come. Can I just tell you today, there are a lot of folks trying to give you answers. But I can tell you, he has come. And he's waiting at the well. And he's ready for you this morning. He's ready for you. He wants to change your life. He wants to turn you upside down. This is not just a religion. It's not just a philosophy. You can't stack him up next to all the other gods and the philosophies and religions that are, that are out there today vying for your affection. I'm telling you, this is the one true living God, the omnipotent Holy One of Israel, the God who created the world, and he spoke it into existence. This God is here this morning, and he is a Savior to bring deliverance and change to the lost, to the hurting, to those who need that transformation and change. He's here today. I want you to stand with me. Help me, Gary. I want to see the lost through his eyes. I want to see the potential, not the problem. As Christians, just because we've made it on this side, just because you made it to this side, it doesn't mean you're done. It means you've just begun. 
The Bible talks about it being like a fire shut up in your bones. How can we be quiet? What's turning up and over inside of each one of us who have been truly redeemed by Christ? It must be given away. It must be shared everywhere that we go. It must be in our conversation. It must be in our serving. It must be in our living. It must be in our working. It's got to be everywhere we are. And we've got to get past our own personalities and our own emotions and our own prejudices and our own problems. We've got to see the potential not only in ourselves but in others. God is wanting to affect the change. I'm telling you, that Messiah the Messiah that came, how many of you know he's coming again? He's coming very soon. Everything is showing us the times and the season is here for the soon coming of the Lord. And I believe a trumpet is getting ready to blast through all the sounds and all the noise of this present world. And you and I are going to be caught up together with those that have been waiting. The Bible says that dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we were to alive and remain. I don't know whether I'll be kicking out a box or if I'll just be jumping from my shoes. However it happens, I am not concerned. What I am concerned about is that when that trumpet sounds, I'm not listening to other stuff. I've got my ear tuned and I'm ready to hear it because that's what's going to happen. And I believe the way the world is being set up right now, it can happen at any moment. I had something like lightning just went through me just then. I'm telling you, he is closer than you will ever guess or imagine to coming. The Lord is on his way. You'll remember the words that I'm saying. You'll either be shouting with me as we go up through the air, or you'll be sitting somewhere wishing you'd listen a little bit closer. Telling you, there's an answer to this world. There's an answer to the hurt There's an answer to the lostness that's in your heart. There's an answer with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. He has deliverance for you. Jesus has deliverance. He has salvation. He didn't come to give you a religion. Jesus came to give you salvation, to rescue you. You've been alone. You've been miserable. Your life has been in shambles. Perhaps you're like a lot of us. You've embarrassed yourself and shamed yourself with your family. You've made promise after promise, and you've never followed through on any of them. And here you stand today. How did you end up in this house? Well, it might have something to do with the fact that Jesus was waiting on you. Man, I feel him. The Lord is here this morning. Jesus has come by this place. I believe he's right here in our midst because he says in his word, number one, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But number two, he said, wherever two or three are just gathered in my name, there I'll be in their midst. He's here right now. And he wants to change your life. He's not come to throw a rock at you. He's not come to condemn you. He's not come to to terrorize you. He's not come to punish you. Right now we're in grace and we're in his love. 
He's come to save you. He wants to turn your life around. And it isn't about, I'm telling you, the world will tell you, man, don't, don't become one of those fanatics. Don't, don't you become a Jesus person. Don't you, man, you have to change your whole life. You got to drink Kool-Aid. And it's just, it's, it's terrible. Don't do it. Don't listen to the world. I'm telling you, the greatest day I ever had in my life was July 2nd, 1981. It's when I accepted Jesus in my life, standing right where you are this morning. I was standing right in the middle of a service where a preacher was making an invitation. And I felt like God was there. And he was there for me. And I believe with all my heart he's here for you right now. He wants to change your life. He changed mine. I've never been the same again. I've not regretted one decision. I've not regretted one day. I've not regretted anything I had to walk away from. I walked away from hurt and confusion and anger. And I walked away from worldliness and terrible stuff that would do nothing but hurt me. And he replaced it with joy and love and peace. Patience, kindness, such generosity, a heart to serve. He replaced it with all kinds of beautiful things. And he waits. He's ready. He's a perfect gentleman. The Holy Spirit will not force you. Anybody that ever tries to, as they say, pour something down your throat, that's not the Holy Spirit. He comes gently. And he offers you the greatest prize on earth. He offers you the gift of salvation and eternal life. When this morning now, right now, while the Holy Spirit is stirring this room up, while the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts, and here you stand, you've come here on purpose. Jesus was waiting, I believe, for you. And it's time for you to accept him into your life. It's allow him to transform and change you, to save you. If you're here today and you'd pray that prayer with me today, right now, without thinking, don't, don't look around you to the left or right, but you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm here. I'm here on purpose. Jesus is here for me, and I want to be saved. Lift up your hand as high as you can. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You, you, and you. God bless you. God bless you. Christians are praying in the house. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Hands going up. God bless you, son. God bless you, man. That's a great, great decision. Awesome decision. Your whole life changes today. Anyone else? We're waiting. We're going to pray. God bless you, young man. Anyone else? few moments, just a few seconds. Thank God for these, so many of them. I have no idea how many of you are. There are, but I'm so thankful for every one of you. Is there anyone else? I want Jesus. Pastor, I want in on that prayer. You're waiting a few more seconds because you're waiting on me. Who is it? Who am I waiting on? God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Today is your day. You'll remember back to this day, October 23rd, 2016. That was the day Jesus changed your whole life. You'll never forget it. Church, we're going to pray with these folks. We're going to make an altar right where you stand. Melissa Grawls right here, our discipleship pastor. Melissa, come and stand right here and turn around. She's going to be standing out in that lobby right there. There's so many of you. I want you to go by her booth. She's got a Bible. She's got some information to just give you. That's all it'll be. She's just going to be there to give you some information and resource. Go by there and meet her and let her help you. See, we've got some great programs to get you established in a relationship with the Lord. If you, if you want to do that and, and if 
and if you will. Amen for these that are coming already. We're going to pray this prayer, church. Let's everyone pray right where we are. All the hands that went up, let's all pray this together. It's not a prayer. It's not a magic formula. If you pray this from your heart, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess him with your mouth, then you're saved. Don't let anybody else ever tell you any different. If you mean it with everything inside you, it's a heart thing. If you mean it, then God is going to transform and change you right here on Family Fun Fest Day at Stratford Heights. We're going to pray right now. Church, let's all pray together. Let's usher and escort these folks right into the presence of God. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my life. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You bought my salvation. I come to you now. Be the Lord of my life. Strengthen me and help me from this moment forward to serve you the rest of my days until you come for me. In Jesus' name, I confess you with my mouth. I believe you in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And Father, I pray right now again before Richard comes. Lord, I ask you to touch us as a church to see the lost. To see them, Lord, as you see them. To not see the ugliness. To not see, Lord, the, the hardness, the badness. But Lord, I pray that you would challenge our hearts today to see the potential to see what they can be when they have been touched by your power. I stand as a living testimony that, God, you are a mighty God of power. And you can change and transform anyone. And we thank you for this today. Touch your church. Now, God, give us a great day out here on the property. I pray for lots of folks to come. I pray God will get to meet lots of them. I pray, Lord, that we'll, we'll, we'll pour into them just love. Just serve them in any way we can. And that, Lord, they'll leave here saying, that was, that was awesome. That was wonderful. Man, those people are special. And I want what they got. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's appreciate the pastor. Awesome word of God. Before I make an announcement, if you have any part of Family Fun Fest, if you're running a booth, if you need to go to where the games are, please feel free to go ahead and go. Everybody else, let me give you just a little bit of instruction. Number one, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for uh, enduring our growing pains. This is the hugest, if that is a word, this is the biggest that this event has ever been. Uh, we've got nearly 50 cars out here for the car show, 40 different vendors, 10 different food vendors, trunk retreat is up here in the front and then the inflatables and the rock climbing wall are in the very back so if your families come or if you're wondering that's where you need to go the petting zoo the rides and stuff are up here in the front and then the blow-ups are in the back also our restrooms are in the main lobby and then back in the gym for the day uh, 
we will be having a registration desk right at the very front outside of the new entrance. That's where you sign up if you want to be a part of the giveaways. And we will give you a little booklet that has a map that says where everything is. And Pastor Ray has a question. The food is directly, when you go out in the main uh, into the new parking lot, it'll be right outside the door on the right-hand side. If you go out the new main entrance, go down the hill, turn to the right, and follow it down, and you can't miss it. There's signs up that says food, and you'll go and grab something awesome. Okay, God bless you all. You're officially dismissed. Let's have fun. <laughs>